Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, and we're streaming at WCEV1450.com. Now, if you have not already done so, make sure that you are following us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And also, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn, just to name a few of those platforms, and you'll find us at that same username at Radio Islam USA. All right, Radio Islam family, uh, I am honored to have uh, joining me in studio Amira Haas. Uh, she is an Israeli journalist and author, mostly known for her columns in the daily newspaper Haaretz, uh, and particularly recognized for the reporting on Palestine affairs in the West Bank and Gaza, where she has also lived for a number of years. We welcome her to Radio Islam. Good morning. Thank you. All right. Um, so you've, you've been here for uh, a couple of days now. You're on this kind of a, a whirlwind tour, speaking to different audiences. What's the number one thing? Uh, is there a number one thing that has been asked of you? Or some number one that I'm asking of myself. Okay, that's <laughs> yes, even better. Yeah, yeah, that's even yeah. better. Yeah. Um, I believe that the most of the people who do come to my talks are of the choir. I mean, they are convinced that there is something wrong uh, going on mm-hmm. and uh, that they, they do not approve of Israeli occupation and they do call it occupation, mm-hmm. military occupation. Uh, there are those who say that this is apartheid. And uh, what I want to do, first of all, is to supply them with more details, uh, which... Uh, I think the facts, more facts, more details, above the, 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 the beyond the news that are being reported, even on, uh, on, on a progressive media, sure. but beyond those, things that show the meticulous way in which Israel made sure that there is no chance for a Palestinian state, mm-hmm. and in which Israel created a reality of Palestinian, you can call it reservations, or Bantustans, or enclaves, uh, instead of a Palestinian state, mm. and this was what my aim is to show that this was not it is not an haphazard occurrence, but it happened with full intention and uh, uh, planning. And a great part of your your work, your journalism has has been centered around presenting the facts of Palestinian life uh, under Israeli o- occupation. That's right, because I live I live in Ramallah for the past twenty years. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, yeah, uh, 22. I lived before in Gaza. And uh, I was sent by my paper when people thought, and my editors also thought, that uh, we are, I'm going to cover the peace process and the establishment of a Palestinian state. Mm-hmm. And I was very skeptical from the beginning because I lived there, and I, I, I saw that this is not what's happening. You don't, re- you don't aim at peace if you are doing everything against, uh, you right. know, if you are if you are depriving people of basic rights, it's it, it's 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 not working together. Right. Uh, but that's how that's when I w- started living in Gaza at that time of you know aspirations for peace, um, and I followed the process of through through the eyes of the people and through daily life of people, what it means to lose a house, what it means to lose a your land, what it is to be barred from reaching the sea. Mm-hmm. Young, young, that's something that you talk to 
young people in the West Bank, they are 18 years old, they live maybe 18 kilometers or 40 kilometers away from the sea, and they cannot, they have never been to the sea. Hmm. Uh, so these details that show how um, um, invasive and violent this, do, this uh, domination over Palestinian is. And it doesn't necessarily have to be physical violence. It is bureaucratic, it is institutionalized uh, violence of the mighty. Uh, you wrote a piece that was just published today, and I would like for our listeners to know that you can, uh, you can access it online. You can just go on to uh, www.haaretz.com, haaretz.com, and you can, you can read um, the, 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 the accounts that are shared. And the, the piece that you wrote uh, today was about a young man, Omar Yunus, 20 years old, who died from his gunshot wounds while in police custody. Um, yeah, the, the police claims that he tried to stab mm -hmm. a policeman. Right. But uh, we don't know because they can lie. <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we know it well here. But he was with a knife near a military position. A mm -hmm. uh, military position in the middle of Palestinian area. Right. And a military position that is, uh, its main aim is to safeguard the settlement project. Right. Uh, and he approached with a knife. Then he was wounded, he was taken to Israeli hospital. Israeli doctors made their did their best to, to try and save him. Okay. Uh, this is also should be said. Yes. And then, um, and then, his brother tried. His brother knew that that uh, Omar is in a very bad uh, condition. He needed a per He needs a permit to go to see his brother, and probably to say farewell and to be with him in his last days. Mm -hmm. And what I'm describing in this very short article is the odyssey that he went through, the brother, for getting a permit, uh, and finally he didn't get the permit, and his brother died alone in, in hospital without, uh, without anybody of his family. Mm. Now, when, w was there any delay between him being taken to the hospital after uh, being shot? Uh, was, was treatment immediate, or was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, you talked about the, it's not just about the actual physical uh, restraint, right, or physical oppression, uh, and their levels to how that is instituted. And you talk about uh, bureaucracy. Can you talk a bit about the, what you have observed, is there a psychological uh, um, component to this, the psychological effects of living under these uh, conditions? Um. Of course, you know, people have been living, you know, you talk to young people, they don't know any other regime. Right. I mean, they lived all their lives, uh, always facing soldiers. When they go out of their house, driving one kilometer, they face a soldier aiming uh, with a gun. Not aiming at them, but you know, just in, because the, 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 the treatment of Palestinians is as if they are, okay, hostile population and you always have to be ready uh, but they are kids and they are, uh, you know, women and men and everybody. And for them, this has become almost a daily scene, but it has an impact on you. Even if you don't uh, uh, confront shooting, uh, there is an impact, a permanent impact accumulated 
of um, fear or or you're always in angst in, in worried you're yeah. always uh, and then there is a component of humiliation it is humiliating when you have an 18 year old uh, soldier stopping the traffic at a checkpoint between two Palestinian uh, areas mm-hmm. it's not or villages it's not uh, inside Israel that somebody is wa- wants to go to Israel it's not a border it's in your in your uh, region and there is a soldier that holds you there for half an hour three quarters of an hour it is very humiliating too it is very humiliating when you cross and they are shouting they're always shouting the soldiers mm. and I know there are some some uh, 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 checkpoints where where they are supposed to be nicer because there are some VIPs going through and you hear from the voice of the soldiers that they were trained to be more polite but where there is uh, rank and file going through, in a check at a checkpoint they are shouting there is humiliation when you want to uh, when you need to ask for a permit to go to Jerusalem to Al-Aqsa mm-hmm. this is humiliating so there is a component of humiliation that I understand that that uh, uh, um, uh, fosters the anger all the time mm-hmm. I think that people live in permanent anger I'll, I'll tell if you if I can I can please, share another please do another uh, Uh, incident that I'm you know those those tiny incidents and maybe it will be interesting now to um, I have a young friend much younger than me and I know her and she just told me that she went through uh, uh, from Ramallah area to Bethlehem area for her friend's uh, engagement mm. party and there were three in a car she was driving the car There were three, she uh, uh, and her husband and a friend of theirs. The husband is a music, musician. The friend is a yoga, he's a, a yoga teacher or want to, wants to become a yoga teacher. Mm. And she's working in a health organization, but she studied. Uh, so they are middle-class Palestinians. And they were going to uh, moderate middle-class, nothing fancy. Mm-hmm. And they were driving... And they arrived at a checkpoint uh, which divides the West Bank into two parts. It's the middle checkpoint between the north and the, and the south. And there was uh, the soldiers didn't pay attention or, or, or m- wave their hands and there was some and she continued driving. They started the soldiers started shouting. She drove back. And they were very rude and she answered as a she said what's the problem you know like uh, you don't you don't tell me to stop I'm going uh, I'm going through they spoke in Arabic at least one of them is an Israeli an Arab Israeli right okay. uh, and they were very rude and then they say ah you are talking like this they took the two men and they really beat them very hard Wow. Uh, now I spoke with one of them with her they are her friend I spoke with her I still have to sp- to talk to her husband um, and the guy that I uh, spoke to uh, with some he is um, he's a yoga teacher and he said I decided not to be not to be aggressive I mean that's his what way of life right so he confronted them without you know without you without he doesn't his face doesn't show how angry he is or he is not angry I mean he decides not to be angry and this probably angered them more so this is an incident but you never know you, it, it, it can happen any moment to anybody that the soldier will feel free to bully you to 
hit you, to beat you, even if it doesn't happen all the time, you, you have to be, to consider that this might, it might happen. So you subdue yourself. She is uh, very outspoken and she dared to speak. She, she was, uh, and, this, and this annoyed them. Again, these are small incidents. It's not necessarily, uh, we can see in, in, in comparison to what, what is going on in Gaza, yeah. which is a huge jail, it is almost negligible. Right. But it is not for people's lives. I, I think of that, I think of enough of those circumstances being like that um, death by a thousand cuts. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go through enough of those small, humiliating, and demeaning circumstances, eventually it has to eventually take a toll on you. Um, yes, but at the same time, I'm surprised, having lived with Palestinians for so long, mm-hmm how they also know to enjoy life. Hmm. So I'm, I'm learning from them, you know. Uh, I'm sure it's not true about everybody, and I'm sure that those people who are worried about their uh, daily salary uh, cannot. But, you know, you have all these joys of family and the little garden and the little field and uh, a son graduating. People appreciate it, and, 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 and there is cultural activity. There are uh, institutions that try to bring young people from poorer areas and from refugee camps to engage in, uh, in uh, art. So I think it is true about the humiliation, but there are also uh, um, uh, the spirit and, and energy and tradition, I don't know, that, uh, that makes people... Uh, I feel that they are much healthier than we would have expected a people to be after so many years of uh, uh, repression and humiliation. Mm. Mm. Now, you mentioned that when you speak to uh, gatherings here, it's kind of like you're talking to the converted, you, t- you know, you're preaching to the choir. How do Israelis, uh, what are some of the responses? Because I don't want to ask in a sense yeah. that everybody thinks the same way, but um, what are some of the responses that you get from your reporting. Um, is it met with a sense that these are instances uh, that are that Palestinians are bringing on themselves? Uh, are they are, are people finding justification for those actions? Are are people sensitive? Um, you know, what are, what are, what are some of the responses? Look, we have a small choir <laughs> that uh, that uh, yeah that. When I write for them, for them it's indeed to get more information and insights and understanding. But then I could say that the majority of Israelis do not want to know. Uh, There are those who would from the start say, I just don't read you. It makes me depressed. So it's because initially they are against the occupation, but they don't want to know the details, which means they are also not engaged in any activity against the occupation. Uh, and then there, there is the majority who would say that I'm a traitor or that I'm a liar or that I'm, uh, uh, um, I don't know, I... I uh, uh, they definitely don't Converted, whatever. I mean, that's, that's uh, all kind of, of, of attitudes. Though I must say that they know that I'm accurate, that my, my reporting is, is very accurate. 
Mm-hmm. And I've been told this several times by military uh, per- personnel. Um, they cannot, you know, they cannot dismiss my, my reporting. But they, they say, they, they would say uh, uh, the Arabs are responsible because of A, B, C, D. And yes, of course, I mean, there are things that the Palestinians uh, uh, um, uh, are responsible. I mean, in, in, in I, I said it's one of the things is that they engage in the uh, negotiations, Oslo negotiations, because, without preparation, mm-hmm. without well preparing. And they were too naive yeah. to... To uh, um, to believe everything that Israelis told them, that they want peace, etc. They were too naive, mm. and then they were stupid because uh, then it, it it bordered that stupidity because the Israelis continued the colonization process, the settlements. The Palestinians were against it, but they continued to negotiate. So they didn't try to develop political leverage at a time when the whole world understood that that. Yeah, it's incompatible, settlements and peace. It's incompatible. So there is something wrong when Israel continues the, co- the, the, the settlement process. Mm. Um, but the Israelis in general do not want to know because I think they are, they don't want to, to know that this, ab- this reality in which they live and they think it's normal is totally abnormal. So there's a sense of, there's a benefit for, um, for Israelis that, many don't want to recognize that comes from the oppression occupation, yeah. and occupation. Yeah. Um, I think it's true about any privileged group. Sure. Uh, it's true about male versus women. And it's true about whites versus blacks. It's, it's true in so many ways in so many societies. It's not unique to Israel. And the thing, the thing is what the, 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 the subjugated population is doing in order to also to to uh, uh, um, to create leverage, which will force a change. Uh, Palestinians have done this for many years, but now we are we are in a setback. Now we are in a regression because of also the the the, the world is not a, 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 a the suitable place now for uh, liberation struggles. Thirty, twenty, forty years ago. It was more understanding of the need of liberation struggles. Yeah. We could find more support in the world for this. You mentioned, um, I'm kind of going back to bureaucracy, and this young man, Omar Yunus's brother, was denied a permit to see his dying brother. So I'm thinking of this, and I'm wondering, like, what's his, what's his redress, right? What, what can he do to, uh, to engage the system and, and make sure that this doesn't happen to the next person. And I'm thinking the answer is probably very little. Yeah, you're right. Right, right now, yes. So that also, it, it brings up the idea of, uh, you know, the Palestinians engaging in the uh, Oslo and in, in, the, in the peace accords, right? Um, not really having a, a, a firm grasp of, you know, of how to engage in that, right? And then also there is... A, from what I understand, there are a lot of things that are not being adhered to as far as international law is concerned, right? So now with the, uh, with the introduction of the BDS movement, how is that, or is that, in your opinion, having uh, an impact with regard to the Israeli engagement of the uh, 
at least at least in dialogue in terms of dialogue yeah. is there is there any noticeable impact from from what you can see uh, the israelis showed that they were very alarmed by this i think more than bds could could really harm israel mm-hmm. and they resorted to so many measures of repression of this uh, bds efforts that you see in the states that uh, it is considered illegal to 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 uh, uh, call for be or almost illegal i mean yeah, i don't we've know got, we've got yeah. 13 states that yeah, have passed anti bds yeah, exactly so yeah. in that sense israel has succeeded But then what BDS succeeded is making people discuss Israel and the occupation much more than before. Mm. And I think that also to, to discuss uh, uh, 1948, the plight of Palestinians in 1948, the fact that it was a populated country of, with Palestinians and that they were uh, 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 expelled and now uh, living as generations of refugees. So in that sense, the BDS has succeeded. I guess it's not the only thing. There were also the wars against Gaza, on Gaza, that, that, that shock people. Um, but the BDS is, is outside. It's not happening inside. And uh, while it is very important, and it is very important if, for example, police, uh, international companies will feel deterred from investing in the occupied territory because of possible boycotts of them in other projects or not receiving, not receiving contracts in other projects in, uh, worldwide. Um, all these things are important and, 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 and possible and, and feasible. But the, the, the real movement has to be in the country. And right now, Palestinians feel that it, can, it, it will be only Uh, there will be only a backlash. They will only uh, 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 lose more if they start a new uprising. Mm-hmm. So right now, the BDS is more about raising consciousness or awareness or um, recruiting people around the cause outside and giving people in, in the country, Palestinians, a sense of, okay, something is working or something is, uh, 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 somebody is speaking on our behalf, right. but there is a huge discrepancy be- be- between the image of BDS as a strong movement and the reality on the ground in, in the country where the political, uh, uh, Palestinian politics is really, um, is very weak, is inflicted in internal strifes in between the different groups. Uh, and doesn't have a strong, and it is very repressive. The two Palestinian governments are very repressive, repressive against their own people, one in Gaza, one in the West Bank. So all this is debilitating. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to wait for a moment when they will rebuild inside their, uh, their ways of struggling against the Israeli domination. Mm. This... Um This makes me just, I draw so many parallels to American history. And I think of going back to slavery, the enslavement of, of, of African people here, and, and how it ended. You know, we had the Civil War, the Emancipation Proclamation. Um, but there was an element of presence and resistance within the power structure itself. Mm-hmm. And 
that had, you know, th that was that was fundamental to at least moving moving us forward. And we still have, we still have yeah. a long way to go, yeah. uh, but it was fundamental in, in moving us forward. As you're preaching to the choir, right, <laughs> in in Israel, do you see a point where that same type of um, presence, that same type of uh, resistance to to what many others see. Do you see that presenting itself or developing out of Israel? Um, look, there used to be years ago there were more voices on the opposition. Now, though we are smaller, uh, the activities against uh, against the occupation are much more to the point. In the past, there were many more demonstrations and declarations, but now uh, there are sorts of encounters between Israeli activists and Palestinian uh, reality, which really touch the core of uh, colonialist activities uh, or apartheid. Uh, of course, of course, we, we, we always count on people the ability of people, even though they profit from a certain situation, to raise above and, and, and to see some generations ahead, to realize that they, are, uh, they have grandchildren to care for and uh, the grandchildren of their friends to care for. Um, but no, this is very... Israelis have to feel that they lose something with the occupation in order to start, in order th for these numbers to grow, uh, to grow larger, of people who object uh, uh, and and demand a fundamental change, not not a cosmetic change, right. not a cosmetic. This has to this this cannot happen just from uh, from one own one's own uh, understanding. I mean, the, the numbers will not be enough to create such a change. Mm. Uh, what is the state of Israeli and Palestinian cooperation. And I would imagine that that's probably a smaller group. Um, well, I, you know, I don't know, um, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming, but is that a reality? Is that an on the ground work? Look, there are, there are um, um, you know, cooperation might be even a bad word for many people. Mm -hmm. There are Palestinians today in the occupied territory of 67 who would say that this is normalization of the occupation. So they don't want to do anything with Israelis. Okay. But there is a, a cooperation that is forced on people because Palestinians depend on, I think, around 80 or 90 percent of their goods come through Israeli companies or from Israel. Uh, they are dependent on, on, on uh, vegetables coming or mostly fruits coming from Israel, on high tech from Israel. So. There are many things, products, not not know how. It's more dependence as yes, opposed so to Yes, so there is dependency, yes. In Israel proper, there are Palestinians who are Israeli citizens, and they are working. In, I mean, they are part of the Israeli economy and part of the Israeli uh, 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 also social life, even though there is some sort of segregation. But economically, you see more and more, uh, I mean, you see hospitals, you go to hospitals, and there are Palestinian and Jewish, both patients and doctors. Something that you would not have, you didn't have in South Africa, for example. Right. So it's very common, especially in the north, when there are Israel, Palestinian 
population, and they are all citizens, especially in the north uh, of Israel, uh, there are many, many hospitals where the directors, chief, chief doctors, are Palestinians. Uh, it's very common. But what about on so the this is cooperation, you know, this is mm-hmm. normal cooperation of people who 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 live together in the same area, as nominally as equal. They are not equal, of course, but they are citizens. Right. Uh, Israeli. I mean, there is there are Israeli activists yeah, who yeah, accompany. That's what yeah. you mean. There are mm-hmm. Israeli activists who accompany Palestinian, uh, for example, who accompany Palestinian shepherds and farmers who are threatened by settlers, so they join them almost daily so that the settlers will not attack them. Wow. And this is, this is the, uh, you have a small group, but I think one of the most courageous groups that is doing it. You have uh, Israeli uh, NGOs that work for Palestinians' rights. And they have Palestinian, for example, Palestinians who are working with them for for uh, getting information for for uh, uh, research, and they represent them in court at court for pro bono. So you have these things, of course. You have um, uh, um, yeah, several. I think that the most important, you know, the most important thing right now uh, are those people who who stand by the side of the Palestinians vis-a-vis the settlers. There are lawyers who are doing this. There are planners, architects, who join their, who, 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 who get in and give their effort to, for example, to write uh, opposition to settlement plans. Okay. Uh, they are Israelis. So there are, there are, I would not call it, we call it now co-resistance. Okay. Not coexistence, but co-resistance. Co-resistance. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, now you said you've been accused of um, by your uh, detractors of of converting. Um, is that? Uh, and I assume they mean yes. that you, you they they say you converted to Islam. Yeah, um, I never this I never heard. Oh, you haven't heard that? No. Oh, no. okay. I thought you said that um, they say. That, I'm a that traitor. Was one of the pre- no, I'm a okay, traitor. Okay, traitor. Yes, traitor. Okay, all right. Because I was going no, to run no. down. <laughs> You know, no, no, no. <laughs> I was going to run down another line of uh, <laughs> thinking, um, but is this a uh, is this a matter that it, it has been reduced to simply a a faith a matter of faith where things are justified because one is a Jew and one is a Muslim? Uh, is is that the part of the argument? There is there is a strong a, a, a segment of Israeli right wing. Mm-hmm. Um, that is using more strongly the, more and more strongly the argument that as Jews, you know, we have, uh, we are superior. Look, this is not a feeling, it's not a new new feeling. But uh, the reliance on God's promises and uh, uh, to the Jews ostensibly, and um, you feel there is more how would they call it? Um, um, it's more malicious than I remember. It's more vicious than it used to be. Uh, there is really, not by the many, you know, the many Jews carry with them the history or the mem- the collective memory of being a, a, peop- a persecuted people. So 
if they are against the Palestinians, it's because they say, oh, the Palestinians attack us, which is, of course, fake reality, I mean, fake representation of reality. But there is a sense also of we are a persecuted people. But there are those who come and... But Muslim Jewish, uh, you know, there are the racist attitudes, the racist prejudice towards Muslims, like there are towards Christians, but the majority are Muslims among Palestinians. There are, uh, it is disgusting, you hear it in talkback, in, uh, 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 in other things, mm-hmm. but it is, I think it is more a tool it is not the essence, but it is a tool in order to uh, to deepen the, rep- the, the colonialist uh, grab. Mm. Uh, it is not the reason. It is a tool. All right. Any justification will do. Yes, kind. Of, it is a tool that, that they they that they um, nurture, but not. It is not 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 the genuine thing. The genuine thing that we want the land. Right. Without Palestinians, this is the genuine thing, and then you you dress on it all kind of uh, arguments. Okay. Now, for our listeners who are just um, just joining us, uh, we are talking with Amira Haas, Israeli journalist and author, and uh, she writes a daily column for the daily newspaper Haaretz. And since we also mentioned that you are an author. Uh, what are some of the the books that because I didn't get a chance to get a list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but is there anything some, some no, recommended reading that actually, you might want? Actually, actually, I mean, you are rubbing in because I wrote. Actually, I wrote one book, <laughs> uh, uh, so I don't call myself an author. Uh, I wrote I wrote one book and it was long ago uh, on Gaza. That's one more than it's me. It's still, <laughs> yeah, but still. <laughs> the other books are more compilation of articles. or, or And one is, is a book that my mother, it's a diary that my mother wrote while she was in a concentration camp, Nazi concentration camp. And I, after, it was after, she, it was published, but after she died, I was asked by Haymarket Publishing House uh, to republish it in English. And I added two texts to it. But so it's not my book, of course. But this is um, uh, and Haymarket is a Chicago-based uh, publishing house. Yeah. And of course, Haymarket. And tomorrow is May Day, so we should uh, remember this proudly. That's right. And um, so I'm not. You know, I I have several books cooked in my my head, but still they have to see the light of the day. Well, inshallah they will. <laughs> inshallah, yes, exactly. Inshallah. Um, <laughs> Could you tell us what's your motivation uh, in doing the work that you do? Because I write occasionally. You write daily. And, and, and the, the subject matter that you cover, it's one that feels like it can take a toll on the, on the soul. Uh, so what's your motivation and, and how do you do it? Sometimes I think, you know, motivation is something that drives you. I think it's the anger. Mm. Uh, I think that my engine is the anger okay. at, uh, at what I'm seeing. So my, I use the anger. I use the anger. Uh, I'm lucky that I can use the anger and write. Right. But of course, the starting, the starting point is that, uh, is that since, since I remember myself, I was against... Uh, 
the subjugation of the Palestinians, even before I knew this word. I, I was born, I was lucky to have been born to a, to an, a communist family, mm-hmm. and they were very clear about these uh, things. From So I was brought up as a child and uh, remember myself in demonstrations when I was three years old against what was then the military military rule over the Palestinians in Israel. Mm-hmm. And my father was arrested uh, for for political activity. And police came to look for my mother because she distributed leaflets uh, uh, yeah, uh, against the military government. So it was normal. So in a way, you can say I was brought up. It is uh, part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm lucky that, that I'm lucky. In a way, I'm lucky that it is also my... Uh, my job. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, I'm I'm indeed lucky in that sense. So you come from a from a line of yeah. uh, of dissidents and activists. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a rebel in in that sense because yeah. I just continue. Yeah. Uh, when you mentioned that your mother that she was in the concentration camps. Yeah. Uh, that really struck me. I mean, I had a moment where it, I don't really think I can explain um, uh, what. And I'm still kind of processing, but did knowing that, did that also have an impact on how you see uh, the occupation? And if I could add a second point on there, as others also came from similar uh, circumstances. Mm-hmm. And right? didn't take the same, yeah. Right, yeah. How, how, does, how does one reconcile that? Look, people are, you know, people have their individual... Uh, take their individual conclusions. My parents, uh, uh, also my father was a survivor. And uh, for them, it was very clear that something that, I mean, that that uh, the, the, the lesson that we have to, 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 to get out of it is that we, we have to prevent any, any injustice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have to compare things. We don't have to say that this is the same. No, anything is, is uh, but I think it's this combination of being communists and survivors, this combination that uh, on the one hand allowed them to overcome the depression that was depression as Holocaust survivors right. and the, 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 the despair because they saw their family being uh, killed or taken to death, taken to concentration camps, etc. And they, they have been through this. Um, so the, the 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 struggle, the communist struggle, notwithstanding the the problem problematic Soviet Union, but they were in Israel, they were not there. So um, this helped them to to combine the two and say no. Uh, if there is any meaning to our life, is now to f- is to fight for for justice, not to say oh only Jews have to be to 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 enjoy uh, to enjoy now a good life. Mm-hmm. That uh, people deserve, people deserve uh, whatever people are, wherever they are, they deserve to to live in dignity. So that's why you know when we had in the Communist Party we had the uh, festivities of Pesach. I don't know if you know Passover. Mm-hmm. So we sang uh, songs from South Africa and from uh, 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 the fight for uh, civil rights in the United States. You think internationally, or you think in as a, a, a 
as a citizen of the world, not as, a, as somebody who belongs to an ethnic group. Right. Uh, I think this was, the, this was very clear in my education. At the same time, not to be, not to be embarrassed of your own uh, history and tradition. I am Jewish, and all my Palestinian friends know that I am Jewish. Right. And not as a religious, I'm not religious at all. Mm -hmm. I'm an atheist, but I am, I am, I am, my, my, the background is Jewish, and I do not deny it. Right. And there is a reason also what I try to explain, that Jews arrived to Israel, to Palestine, Yes, it is a, a set, there, there is a very clear component of colonialism, settler colonialism, in this process of bringing Jews to the country and settling the country at the expense of the Palestinians. Mm -hmm. And while expelling them, this is truly part of settler colonialism movement, all of European settler colonialism. But at the same time, the majority of Jews never want, the majority of Jews never chose Zionism as their um, uh, uh, solution to the problem of, uh, of persecution in Europe. On the contrary, they wanted to remain in the diaspora. Right. It's only after Hitler came to power and the diaspora kicked us out and told us, your life it doesn't matter, mm -hmm. is the Jews started to want, came to Palestine as refugees, many of them, including my parents. So there is a complexity here that, that um, um, it is important to remember. Uh, so we can it, we cannot undo history, but we can see how we amend and and change and build a, a present and a future which are fair for uh, for all. This is the legacy indeed that I had, I got from my parents. What are some of the the challenges you see? Because you you bring up some really lofty um, ideals, and actually ideals that I try to um, uh, that I ascribed to. to practice for my, myself, uh, and that is being a member of the human family, uh, but also recognizing my own, uh, my own culture and, you know, ethnicity and, you know, all those things, but still, I'm a part of the human family, and as a Muslim, that's one of the things, you know, that, you know, we believe, you know, is that we're part of a human family, but how do you, how do you, how do you move from a society, and this is, seems to be much more of a global uh, advent now, where, we're being pushed into these tighter and tighter circles, you know, and, and whether it's um, ethnicity or, or, or race or, you know, whatever. And whatever the, the, the label is that's being used to justify the mistreatment of somebody outside of that circle. How do we, how do we get to that point where we are educating and uh, really practicing a, an appreciation and a, uh, a protection of human dignity? <laughs> no, that's a big question. <laughs> you know, you 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 know, you meet people, and then you can discover that the there is much more that that you share with them than divides you from them. True, that we are in a period in a period of of uh, uh, identity politics, etc. I don't know. We just have. We just should be. We should not be shy of being uh, maybe old fashioned. By saying that we are, uh, that we belong to the, the human, human family. family, you know, it sounds human. It sounds old-fashioned to some, but don't, you know, don't don't uh, be embarrassed if you are old-fashioned. Yeah. It'll, because it'll return. Yes, <laughs> everything's working. It'll return. In this, this this understanding. Yes, it it, it is not. It, it it will return because this is the the, the true thing. 
Yes. So um, I want to ask you before we before we uh, uh, conclude, how many more stops do you have to make? Because <laughs> you're gonna. <laughs> She's my impresario. She knows. I stopped. I don't count. So you don't, I don't, you don't count. You don't have to. No, me. I'm le- I'm being led. I really enjoy it. I don't know anything. I don't even look where I'm going. I'm being led, and I. Uh, yeah. Um, well, yes. on behalf of all the the, the listeners uh, and, and myself, we pray that you enjoy the rest of your uh, your, your time here. And pray for your continued uh, well-being. Uh, continue doing the great work that you're doing because it is much needed. Even if the choir is small, <laughs> right? People hear that music and it, it draws them in. So yeah. it gets bigger. <laughs> Inshallah. Thank you. Thank you very much, Doug. Thank, thank yeah. you. Thank you, Amira. Thank you. All right, folks. Uh, that was Amira Haas, uh, Israeli journalist. Uh, daily, uh, she contributes daily for the newspaper Haaretz. For those who are in the Chicagoland area, you can come out and hear Amira speak uh, this Friday, 71 years after Al-Nakba, is settler colonialism reversible? Uh, That is the theme. I'll repeat that, 71 years after Al-Nakba, is settler colonialism reversible? And it's hosted by AMP and Al-Nahda. And it's going to be May 3rd, as I said, Friday, 8 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. at the Universal School, 7350 West 93rd Street, Bridgeview, Illinois, 60455. That's Universal School, 7350 West 93rd Street, Bridgeview, Illinois, 60455. Okay, we're going to take a short break now, and we'll be back in a moment. This is Radio Islam on WCEV, 1450 AM.